You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We preview a showdown for BYU men's basketball as they head to the kennel tonight to take on number two Gonzaga. What to expect? Where does BYU have a potential edge? We'll dive into all of that. We'll also continue our position group debriefings for the BYU football program, looking at the offensive tackle position for BYU. And of course, we'll recap everything else in BYU sports news that's out there for you guys when we round out today's show. So plenty to get to and a quick reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by our friends at NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth as a company. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked for a special financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. All right, without further ado, let's dive in on a Thursday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 13th. 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. And want to remind you guys, we do have some open spots for local advertising if you're interested in it. I had a couple of you already reach out, and our sales team should be getting in touch with you if you've already reached out. So stay tuned for that. But if you are a local company or you just have a company in general you'd like to get in front of thousands of BYU fans, and I say get in front, uh, meaning you'll actually be in their ears, essentially, via this podcast. We have thousands of BYU fans on any given day listening to this show and love nothing more than to represent your brand, company, or uh, whatever you got, service, whatever it might be. Happy to help you guys out with that. Feel free to reach out. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to reach out and talk to us about that. But now let's get going on today's show. We've got a huge showdown tonight up in Spokane, Washington. The BYU men's basketball program already in town, getting ready for their clash with the number two ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs. This is going to be an interesting matchup for BYU because Similar to what we saw from the Utah Jazz last night, you're talking about just a major size disparity when the Cougars and the Bulldogs square off. And it's nothing that BYU can control, similar to the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are currently dealing with a COVID crisis on their team. They have all of their centers, if I recall correctly, were all out either to non-COVID related illnesses or in health and safety protocols related to COVID-19. Well, BYU, all of their big men are done for the season, ostensibly, due to season-ending injuries. I know Atiki Ali Atiki is six. 11, etc. But he is as raw as they come, my friends. He is showing signs of progressing nicely, but he is still a true freshman who has not played a lot of basketball at a high level in his life. So you can't necessarily say that Atiki Ali Atiki is the secret weapon for BYU in this game. BYU's opportunity in this game lies in outshooting Gonzaga, and that's easier said than done because Gonzaga. Their whole goal, and you heard it if you listen to the media sessions with Mark Pope and the players earlier this week, the whole goal of Gonzaga's offense right now is to bury you. They want to put on an avalanche early on in a game and just end the game before it even really gets going. And they did that to Pepperdine the other night, scoring 117 points in an absolute, uh, just a route of the waves. 
they would love nothing more than to do that on their home court against BYU. BYU, as they were saying all week long, is going to have to sacrifice rebounding for getting back and avoiding transition uh, buckets for Gonzaga. That's much easier said than done because Gonzaga runs the break as well as any college basketball program that I can remember in recent memory. I'm, I'm serious about that. I watch my fair share of college hoops. This team, this Gonzaga team, they run just in an incredible pace. They know what they're doing. They work together. They pass the ball. They make that extra pass, and they make your life miserable. And BYU has to avoid the early avalanche that they will be trying to land on the Cougars in this game. Drew Timmy is their leading scorer with 16.8 points per game, but Chet Holmgren, the presumed number one pick in next year's NBA draft, he is right behind him, averaging 13.4 points. He's a leading rebounder on this team with 8.4 rebounds per game. And then the more impressive number to me overall in terms of what you look at Chet Holmgren's uh, stats, 3.4 blocks per game on average. Yes, he is averaging nearly three and a half blocks per game. He's going to swat some BYU player, multiple BYU players in tonight's game. Get ready for it. He is just an absolute unicorn. Seven feet, 190 pounds, has the ability to shoot the three, dunk on your head, and on the other side of the on the other side of the uh, game, on defensive side of the basketball, he can block you into oblivion. He is absolutely phenomenal. He's also averaging 2.2 assists per game. They also have uh, Julian Strother, who's actually turned himself into a potential lottery pick with 13.1 points per game. He's also got 6.1 rebounds. Drew Timmy, to his credit, he's also going to be a high draft pick. He, as I mentioned, is a leading scorer. He's also averaging nearly six rebounds per game. And then Razier Bolton is their third, excuse me, the fourth leading scorer, averaging a tidy 11 points per game. You also got guys like Andrew Nemhard, who is a great player with 8.1 points. Nolan Hickman, who is a high-level recruit. He's got 7.4 points. This Gonzaga team spreads the ball around they score buckets of points, and BYU's best bet is they're going to have to hope that their shooting shows up like it has not shown up this entire season to this point. They are going to have to play a full 40 minutes, not have a lull at all. They're going to have to hit threes at a consistent pace if they want to have any hope of winning this game. I, I don't have a lot of faith in BYU's ability to win this game. I'll be frank. I'll be straight up with you guys. I had a couple of people ask me, Rich Hart, uh, our good friend over there at Elevate Fitness, if he's listening to this, he knows exactly what he asked me yesterday. Uh, and I told Rich this yesterday. I don't have a good feeling about BYU's chances in this game. But there have been times when BYU has gone to Spokane when I have thought, okay, they're going to get absolutely crushed. And they have sprung major upsets. Do I think that is going to happen in tonight's game? <sighs> no. <laughs> to be frank, uh, tip off for those of you probably wondering if you haven't seen it already. 9 o'clock Mountain Time. For those of you on the East Coast, my apologies, my condolences. 11 p.m. on the East Coast tip. It'll be 8 o'clock there in Spokane. Uh, I'm guessing that there's going to be an absolutely raucous crowd there in the kennel. Gonzaga fans love nothing more than to bring it when BYU shows up and I expect they will bring it hardcore. I look forward to this matchup because I enjoy watching high-level hoops, and Gonzaga plays a high-level brand of basketball. So does BYU. And let me be clear about that. BYU's defense is something that they have really relied upon this year. This is not the prettiest offense for BYU so far. They have had a lot of games where it's been ugly. Most recently, that uh, St. Mary's game where you win it 8 52-43. It was ugly. But BYU's defense got the job done. Can you hold Gonzaga down? like that, I would highly, highly doubt it, but you're going to have to rely on your ability to turn Gonzaga over, make shots consistently, and see what see what happens. It's just going to have to see what you can do in this type of a game. I, I Man, 
I'd like to give you, the fan, a little bit of hope, thinking that BYU's got a chance in this game. And you can never say never. Like You just can't because crazy things happen. But the way I see this game, there's about a 99.7% chance that Gonzaga wins it in my mind. I, I just think they're too good for BYU in their current iteration. When BYU gets them on their home court with some extra seasoning for guys like Fus Traore and Atiki Ali Atiki, could BYU compete a little bit better and maybe spring an upset at home in Provo? I'd feel a lot better about their chances at home than I do on the road. But only time will tell, and we, we shall see. But... Interesting matchup all the same. You're going to see some high-level hoops. Gonzaga is going to try and bury BYU early. We'll see how BYU weathers that storm. And if they can weather it okay, well, they may find themselves hanging in this game a little bit longer than many anticipate they will. We'll find out. But I know that one thing, Mark Pope is going to have his guys ready to go. He is a guy who is a master motivator. He's going to encourage his guys to go out there and give it everything they've got. And that's all you can do. You can just go out there, show what you got, and then hope to heck that it's good enough. I'm just not sure it's good enough. So we'll find out tonight. We'll recap it on tomorrow's show for you guys, so stay tuned for that. Uh, stay up late tonight, obviously, on my end because I do morning sports radio, but I'll be staying up late to watch that game. And obviously, we will have a recap edition talking about whatever happens in that game as well as a preview of the showdown at USF on Saturday for you guys as well. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll flip over to BYU football, continue on with our position, position group debriefings, talking about BYU's offensive tackles, what to make of the edges of BYU's offensive line, Pretty good, I think, all things considered in 2021. We'll dig into that momentarily. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at NetSuite. This is it, my friends, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, so for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash locked. Thanks for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there and still in the process, but we will be soon enough on YouTube, my friends. So stay tuned for that. Hope you all are doing great out there. But let's talk a little BYU football now. Our position group debriefings continuing. If this is your first time listening to these, what we have done over the last two or three weeks now is we have looked back at the 2021 season for each position group on the BYU football team and examined how they did over Overall, my assessment of player by player in those position groups, we have gone from quarterbacks to cornerbacks, safeties. Today we are talking offensive tackles, protecting the blind side of the quarterbacks, but also really important in BYU's wide zone running scheme. These guys on the exterior of BYU's offensive line, they have to be guys that are great athletes because they are called upon to do a lot in this offense. They absolutely have to get after it. And I actually thought BYU's tackle situation 
all things considered, was a net positive during the 2021 season. The offense, obviously, as a whole, was very good for the Cougars. The defense really was the big downfall of this team. And the offensive tackle position did nothing, I felt like, despite some major injuries, to make you think, okay, they weren't good. On the left side, we'll start there. Blake Freeland, my friends, is a future NFL offensive lineman. I don't necessarily think he leaves after this upcoming season because he's still so green relatively in terms of playing offensive line. Might I remind you guys at Harriman High School, this is a dude who played quarterback, tight end, defensive end, but never played offensive line. And think of how good he has become in such a short time for BYU as an offensive tackle. I believe he has an NFL future in his in his future, and I think that it's probably going to come in twin, after the 2023 season. I think he will play out his eligibility. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe he'll get the itch to jump next year, and so be it. If, if that's how he decides to operate, uh, I'll support him either way. I think that he is going to be an absolute stud for BYU in 2022. I think there are some people out there, and typically with these position group debriefings, we look back at the guys who were only on the roster during the season and examine them. But I think the debate moving forward for Blake Freeland is, does Kingsley Suamataia come in and take over that left tackle position? I don't think so. I think Blake Freeland is the prototypical left tackle. Six foot eight, 300 pounds, an absolutely incredible athlete, a ability to get to the edge easily. He's, he's just a phenomenal athlete. I think he's going to lock down that left side, and I don't think he's giving it up until he decides he's done playing for BYU. I, I honestly think that. I think he is an absolute stud. Now, on the right side of BYU's offensive line, they started the year with another guy who stood 6'8", and is a former Harriman product, and Harris Lachance. Harris, I think, has been a very, very good offensive lineman for BYU, and I think he was very good until he suffered a high ankle sprain uh, midway through the season. He actually tried to come back from it, re-injured it the first day back, coming off of that in practice, and then was lost for an extended period of time. He did come back to play in the bowl game against UAB, uh, split time in that game with Campbell Barrington, who we'll talk more about here momentarily. But I think that if he stays healthy in 2022, Harris will chance is going to have a chance to reprise his role as a starting right tackle for BYU. I do think Kingsley Suamataia is going to be a guy who is absolutely going to push for playing time, if not a starting job, and probably starts on that right side if he earns a starting position. But Harris Lachance, I, he did nothing, I felt like, during the 2021 campaign that makes me think that yeah, he's in danger of losing his job. When he was lost for the season, BYU inserted Campbell Barrington into that lineup, and I thought Campbell did a good job, despite his youth and inexperience, at the position. There are many out there, and I, I've talked to enough of them, who believe that Campbell Barrington has a higher ceiling than his brother Clark, and Clark is probably going to be an NFL guy. Clark has become an absolute road grader of an offensive guard. Campbell, most people thought, would be a standout offensive tackle for BYU and definitely has an NFL future. I think you can see the seeds of that being planted during the 2021 season, and if he continues to develop his skill set, there's absolutely no reason why he can't become that. I, I do think that maybe a glut of tackles in this next year's team in 2022, I guess this year's team of 2022, he may end up moving inside to guard for a season or two, but just to get playing time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think his versatility is going to make it so that he is able to do stuff like that. And we'll see. I, I think that he is a guy that if any issues pop up, he slots right in and he is a starter, starting Caleb, starting caliber player for BYU. The other guy who started a right tackle when Campbell had some injury issues was Braden Kime. Braden Kime is an interesting uh, 
test case because he was a walk-on coming to the BYU football program from Alta High School where he was a tight end at six foot eight, 200 and some odd pounds, like 230 pounds. BYU's packed on, I believe, 60 or 70 pounds onto him, and he still looks absolutely skinny when he's out there playing. He has gotten just an expansive frame. I think that Braden Kime... If BYU were short on tackles, he absolutely be more in the mix for extended playing time, I feel like, for BYU. But I think as it stands right now, the tough part for him is to find a spot for him to play. And I think he's so tall and so long that playing offensive guard is out of the picture for him. A guy like Campbell Barrington, he's only six foot six, whereas I, I think Kime, they list him at six foot eight. I'd be stunned if he's not even six foot nine. He is just a giant of a human being. I think he is relegated to playing offensive tackle and have to show what he can do. But I felt like he came in and actually showed some really, really good signs for BYU. Nice development by BYU's offensive line coaches working with him, getting the requisite weight on him, getting his strength. And it's obviously a credit to the young man as well, putting in the work to make sure that he is ready to go for BYU. Now, other players who figure into this tackle conversation uh, include some guys who I think could end up playing either offensive guard or at offensive tackle. It just really depends on how BYU values the guys in the program. I'm thinking of guys like, uh, so I talked about Braden Kime already, Tyson Lewis, for example, six foot five, 290 pounds at Weber High School, coming out of an ACL tear. He's a pretty long athlete, speaking of Tyson Lewis. Does he end up playing offensive tackle for BYU or does he slot inside to guard because he's not as tall as other BYU's offensive tackles? I don't know. Tyler Little's another test case. We'll be interested to see what happens. Uh, Little comes from Butte College, joined BYU this past season. He is skinny as a rail, but he is a guy, and he's also barely played football since 8th grade. He actually suited up for Butte College after playing basketball all through high school. And actually, if you look at his film, eh, decent athlete. So, we'll see what happens. Little six foot seven, 260 pounds. He needs to gain another 40 pounds I think to really be a factor at tackle for BYU, but he's, an, he's a guy to keep an eye on for BYU down the road. And then one other name for you guys at tackle that I'm intrigued by, this is just my personal interest, is Dylan Rollins. Out of Missoula, Montana, a freshman this past year, six foot six, 285 pounds. There are not a lot of guys who come out of Montana that go to the FBS level, but Dylan Rollins I think he is a guy, if he is capable of showing what he can do at offensive tackle, he could be an option out there. I do think his future probably ends up playing guard for BYU just because I don't think he necessarily has the wingspan and the athleticism to be a tackle for BYU, but... I've been proven wrong before, so we'll see. I, I think the tackle position is in very good hands because, as I mentioned, I, I don't usually talk about guys in these debriefings because they're coming out of a season about guys who just joined the team, but Kingsley Suamataia, a five-star talent joining the BYU football program, he only makes this tackle position that much better in 2022, and I think there's some good signs for the BYU football program. If you just look at this, the tackle position – Whoever's playing quarterback for BYU, and I expect it's going to be Jaron Hall, he's got to feel pretty confident knowing that his blind side is going to be protected by guys like Blake Freeland. And then at right tackle, he's got road grader guys who are absolutely capable of getting it done in BYU's offense, especially with that wide zone running scheme. If you're a guy coming in like Christopher Brooks, the running back from Cal, the transfer, if you're coming in and looking at this offensive line, you're looking at these offensive linemen, okay, I like that wide zone scheme. You guys just go out there, pick up whoever shows up in your gap, and I'm going to cut back off of this and find a gap, and we're just going to demolish people. So Tyler Algier did all this past season in 2021. I really like what we saw from BYU's offensive tackle. I feel like the offensive line as a whole performed extremely well for BYU despite having numerous injuries. Think about it. James Empey went down for a time. Joe Tukwafu had injuries. Uh, Campbell Barrington 
Harris Lachance. Man, the left side of BYU's offensive line stayed healthy in both uh, Clark Barrington as well as Blake Freeland. But the right side in that center position dealt with injuries. And I don't think they really missed a beat when they had guys come in for those injured players. So I really, really am intrigued and encouraged by BYU's offensive line. The good news also going into 2022 or this upcoming season for BYU is they have a load of experience. Over 6,000 career snaps across that offensive line. That is going to make BYU's offense even more... How much I say this? Even more effective, I guess that's probably what I should say, than I felt like it was during the 2021 campaign, and it was pretty elite. So I think some good signs are on the horizon for the BYU football program, especially that offensive tackle position. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we will round out today's show with the other news and notes you guys need to know about here on a Thursday. We'll cover all of that momentarily. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the Get Upside app. My friends, our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you got to do is just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and make sure you use the promo code score and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up right now that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price of the pump anymore get cash back using the get upside app just download the app for free and use the promo code score to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch my friends the cash gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use the promo code score to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank that's promo code score with the get upside app our friends over at bet online would like to wish you guys a happy new betting year as we get ready for the playoffs and beyond bet online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 my friends it's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website from our friends at betonline.ag which you can sign up for free at today and also make sure you get your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to get started and get that 50 percent welcome bonus from football to basketball hockey Hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Before we go on this Thursday edition of the show, let's run down the other notes out there you guys need to know about. We'll start off with Alex Barcelo, of course, hoping to lead BYU to a huge upset tonight up there in Spokane. A 9 o'clock tip reminder for you guys, 9 o'clock Mountain Time on that game. But he was named as one of 30 men's basketball players named to the Lute Olsen Award midseason watch list. The award is presented annually to the nation's top Division I player, so think of it as college basketball's version of one of the versions of the Heisman Trophy. We obviously know about the Naismith Award and all that stuff, but Barcelo, among the 30 best players in the country, according to the Lute Olsen Award watch list, he is scoring a team high 16.6 points per game. I feel like he's going to need to double that if BYU wants to win tonight. That's just my personal opinion. Cougars are 14-3 and and 2-0 and in West Coast Conference play. He's become a really, really good player. And I'm telling you, folks, if his shooting checks out in the pre-draft process, I'm telling you, Alex Barcelo may end up playing here locally, I guess domestically, here in the United States in the NBA next year. I, I really think that what he has shown if his measurables check out his shooting translates 
I'm not going to count it out that maybe he starts as a two-way player in the NBA or even as a G League guy, but he can find himself playing domestically rather than having to go on the overseas route. That's just my personal opinion on that front. Now, one of his counterparts on the uh, women's basketball team, Shaylee Gonzalez, who is just an absolute sensation. I love watching her play hoops. She was named West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the second time this season. That came out earlier this week. After a 2-0 start to West Coast Conference play, Gonzalez earned her second weekly award, averaging 15.5 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2.5 steals per game. She leads the conference in scoring at 18.5 points per game on average this season. She helped the number 18-ranked Cougars to their first WCC win on the road at San Francisco and then obviously helped them blow out Pacific at home. BYU is at home uh, taking on St. Mary's tonight. 7 o'clock tip at the Marriott Center. If you want to do something before watching BYU men's team in the late slot, you might get over to the Marriott Center and watch the women's team play. I'm telling you, they are lights out. 7 o'clock, it's also going to be televised on BYU TV if you want to watch the women's team in action this evening. And now, other teams in action today include the BYU men's and women's track and field teams. They are hosting the BYU Invitational Round 2. That will be happening starting today through the rest of the weekend, through Saturday. Teams from the local area will be competing as BYU athletes in the indoor track there at the Smith Fieldhouse. It's always an interesting event because you see BYU athletes on their home tracks at all kinds of records, and I would expect when we reconvene on Monday to recap it, I get, I'm guessing there will probably be some awards, uh, not awards, records that we'll have to recap for you guys on that front. And then just a reminder one more time, women's hoops in action against St. Mary's tonight, 7 o'clock tip on BYU TV, and then the men's team, 9 o'clock Mountain Time against the number 2 ranked Bulldogs. That's on ESPN 2 at 9 p.m. Looking forward to it, and of course, we'll have a full recap of that game on tomorrow's show, and of course, everything else that comes along with it. Any BYU football notes out there, we'll get to in the position group debriefing. I believe we still have to get the linebackers. I think it might be the, actually the last one. Linebackers might be the last one we need to talk about here, so we'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day every day. Now go make your second listen. Our friends at Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Would encourage you guys to check that out once we wrap up here. Check out our show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like to follow me there, Jacob C. Hatch is the handle. And the email address for the show, as you already mentioned earlier on, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it for this Thursday. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 13th, 2022. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.